Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, hello. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Hello, girlies. Gals. A very special little episode today. I know. It feels like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know, like things are changing, like the last day of school before holidays or something. Like I just have this feeling of change. I know. Change is afoot. Yeah. Um, for anyone who didn't see or didn't understand <laughs> the context behind um, my cat cake, which um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, shame on shame you. Shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. shame. Um, no, uh, my gorgeous friends surprised me. Grace and my boyfriend worked together. I don't know how they did it. Collaboration. <laughs> Collaboration of the ages. Um, to surprise me with um, a leaving party because mummy's moving to LA. Got my... <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do a drum roll. Drum roll, please. Got my O1 visa, which is a very hard... It's not actually... It is. It is hard to get, but it's more just like the time and the energy that it sucks out of you to get mm-hmm. that bad boy in your hands. Um, my passport still classically is being held at the embassy. So I don't know when I'm held hostage. Don't know when I'm officially leaving, but podcast wise, obviously the most important thing I actually was like, when the surprise party happened, my first thought was I haven't told the girls. <laughs> like I was literally like, Oh my God, like this is going to be all over Instagram and I haven't told the girls yet. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, I literally don't even have a leaving date because I don't have a passport. But um, podcast-wise, everything's just going to stay the same. Um, the LA time zones are great because it means we can both still drink if I'm happy to drink at 2 p.m., which obviously I am. Yes. It's 3.34 p.m. now and we're drinking Palomas. Yes. <laughs> Not much will change. So, yeah, it's our call her daddy. No, it's – what is it? Call your girlfriend. Call your girlfriend. Oh, yeah, call your girlfriend. Poo, it's our weekly era. Yeah. era where we are doing it bi-coastal. It's been pretty bi-coastal for, by 
continent for quite a while. But yeah. it does it does feel like um different this time, obviously. Like you're gonna spend a lot of time back here. Yes. I'm gonna come and visit. Yes. It'll be nice because basically, yeah, as you say, we've been having to do the podcast remote quite a lot because of all our travels. So like nothing will really change there. You guys are so used to that. Um, but yeah, it's it will be cute as well because we'll have some mini reunion episodes again. Yeah. Um, because I want to, yeah, split my time. The aim is like 60-40 between here and LA because I'm moving by myself. So my gorgeous cat who was on the cake, the tiramisu cake which is my favorite um what you do if shiva burst out of the cat cake like oh my God, I know. <laughs> um he's not coming and that means neither is my boyfriend so i'm moving yeah across the world alone gonna move into my own one bedroom apartment it feels very growing up and momentous and scary um i was crying in the kitchen before this it's huge i think because it's something that you've talked about wanting to do and have wanted to do for such a long time that in my head I've always had in the back of my mind that you're like one foot yeah <laughs> in LA men- like mentally yeah but it's that it feels like such a different thing now that it's actually happening and I'm so excited for you but it's also it's sad <laughs> yeah it's also been really funny because basically yeah I've always wanted to move there I don't know how much I've said on the pod. I mean, obviously you guys know that I've been based out of LA twice since we've had the pod. Mm. Um, But I essentially, when I was moving to London with my ex, I wanted to move to LA. He wanted to move to London. And I kind of just said, okay, I'll do London for a bit. Also, because it was like impossible and very expensive to get the US visa. So I moved to London uh, and then kind of hated it for a long time because it was like, the pandemic it was I'd just gone freelance I didn't really know anyone um I went through the big breakup then the yeah the pandemic happened and London was just kind of it's one of those cities where if you're down it really fits the mood Mm. um and kind of makes it worse so I found winter here really hard um with my depression but it's been funny because this year I've like I I mean, this year London has come back to life properly and I've actually really started to enjoy it and had a really beautiful summer and kind of understand why people love it here. And I think that's a nice way to leave. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, recently I've just been getting cold feet in a way. Like last Mm. night I was like, what am I even doing? (laughs) Like, why am I even going? Why don't I just stay here in this nice house with my boyfriend and my cat? And like, what is the reason behind it? And that I've been trying to put all this weight onto why I'm doing this thing and, you know, there are parts of it where it's like the, these past three years, especially like basically since moving to London, since my breakup, feel very mental health um, growth mm-hmm. years where I've just been focusing on like getting healthy mentally and physically and feeling, I don't know, just in my own body again, which people who have read The Body Keeps the Score and understand all the shit that you go through when you've, when you've been through trauma um, – so it's been like that. And then now I'm like, okay, this feels like the next, it feels like the next stage, which feels really nice, but mm-hmm. sad, obviously at the same time, because I'm leaving some of my best friends. Yeah. I think the growth, like the, that growth thing where you're like ready for your next chapter is just so hard because it, if it doesn't feel difficult and if it doesn't involve stepping away from things that mean a lot to you, then it's I'm trying to think of the, 
TikTok I saw the other day. It was basically saying like the, the, the thing that's looming over you that you're scared of is like the thing that you should lean into. Yes. Broadly speaking, because that's where like the growth is going to come from. Mm. And I think that um, if you'd have said, oh, I'm not going to do it. I just want to stay and stayed. I think the feeling of regret and the feeling of not having done something that you'd wanted to do while you still have, I don't know. I just think we're at this window of our lives where we have so little serious responsibility. <laughs> we have so much opportunity and these opportunities are just things that we should just take while we can, basically. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of like, I was thinking that with LA where I was just like, it feels, I mean, my visa, one of the reasons I'm leaving now is because my visa was running out here. So it was actually, I had to make a choice of like, do I go down the route of trying to get a visa here? Mm -hmm. I don't even really even know what that would look like. I'm sure it's somehow possible if I can get an O1, there like must be an equivalent. But I was essentially like, okay, you're either recommitting to London for like a long time or you're finally doing the LA move. And I opted for that, even though it's feels kind of weird to leave when I'm like really in love with someone and really happy. But at the same time, I'm like, I think just putting what I've always wanted to do first and then seeing how everything else goes. Yeah, exactly. And then I want, and then obviously you're freelance. So it's like, you can be back and forth all the time. Yeah. The world is so open now. You could go and be there for, like, I just think the fact that we've nearly been here three years blows my fucking brain open. (laughs) Like it's nuts. I know. You could be there for a year or two years and then that'll fly by and then think actually, you know what? I just want to go back to London or I don't know. There's just so many options. So I think just sucking all the juice out of life is the right way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, being freelance means I can come back here for European summers. Mm -hmm. That's the aim of the game. Win-win. But yeah, so lots of big life changes. That's why I've been really implementing the Headspace app recently. I'm now doing a de-stress meditation every morning. Nice. Um, And the skin's been beautifully breaking out, etc. But (laughs) um, no, I think it'll be really fun. And obviously the pod will just be great because it'll be really cute for us to catch up every single week. I mean, it already is so cute, but it will just be like really fun us catching up every week and having all these new things to tell each other. I'll obviously be celebrity siding like mad. Yeah, it's going to bring a new level <laughs> of depth, a new <laughs> angle to the pod. Yeah, and you guys won't have to deal with me being s- severely depressed for <laughs> four months of the year <laughs> in winter. Yeah, it's going to be nice. I think you need to take with you when you go to LA to keep all this good mental health stuff up, our new self-care journals. So cute. It was just so cute. This is just a gorgeous, gorgeous listener who reached out and offered to send us these. Self-care original self-care journal. And they sent us one each and they're really special. Yeah, they look so special. Yours is ready to go. Okay, wait. So it does a little like a little thing each day that you do. And it'll be like, What's an act you can do today that reflects the kind of person you want to be? Oh, that's nice. And you write it down. Yeah, because that's the other thing with the with the move or with kind of like trying to push yourself forward into a new space. I think I used to be so good at I used to be so good at writing down goals or what I wanted to achieve or mm-hmm. like kind of manifesting in a way where I would be like, this is where I'm going to be in five years time or this is what I want to do. And I've really that has fallen by the wayside in such a massive way. And I think me and you have talked about it off here, but it's partly like not knowing Mm -hmm. what it is you want to do. So being scared of like sitting down and writing it down because you're just like, well, I don't fucking know. 
Um, but yeah, things like this self-care journal and even like my gratitude journal, writing down what you want to achieve in the day. And then I was talking to a friend last night who like from the outside, and I know that obviously from the outside people's, you just, social media is a lie, etc. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, she has it all together. And she was just like, I literally plan like crazy. She'll write down every idea she has and then kind of like try and split it up by month and just be like, mm. that could be a great idea for March next year. Like I'll come back to that. And just having everything written down on paper is so good for our ADHD brains. Totally. But that's like what I want to, that's basically what I want to do with moving to LA. I want to sit down and be like, okay, what do you actually want to accomplish while you're here mm-hmm. aside from learning how to boogie board properly <laughs> and rollerblade everywhere. You'll catch up in two years yeah. and you'll be like a professional bodyboarder. <laughs> um, no, I know. I think it's, it's, it's like such an interesting thing now as well that like centering yourself, I think sitting and centering yourself and your goals and your values each morning is so major and so important. And also, like you say, I think it's just so hard nowadays because, again, we've talked about this before, but I just think the structure of what we structured our lives around has shifted so much, even just pre and post pandemic. Like I think it was already happening, but it got so accelerated. Mm. So for us, the things that we used to work towards are kind of don't exist anymore in many ways. Yeah. Like the structures around publications and work, like most places kind of don't even take on full-time employees anymore. Like even if that was something that we wanted to do, I feel like everyone doesn't like the Oscars now. People don't like the Pulitzer Prize now. People like all these things that you would plan your life around achieving this huge goal. We as a society seem to not Mm. value it as much. (laughs) So it's kind of like, what do you want to do just as a person? Yeah. And I found it hard, like even just my, I can't remember how much of this we've, we're regurgitating, but it's good to regurgitate anyway, because I need to remember it for my own brain. But even that thing of like slowing down to focus on, the wider picture or bigger things or things that actually really add value. And I don't know if this, I don't think this is specific to just writers. I was thinking of it in a writer capacity, but I think it's specific to anyone who has like a craft or wants to create something or whatever. It's like, instead of just focusing on mass output, because that looks good on things like social media or whatever, Mm -hmm. to look like you're always busy or to, if people ask, what are you working on? You want to be able to say something. And I, I find it really hard when I'm not, when I haven't pitched for a while and I don't, and I'm not currently working on a story, I'm always, I, I find myself like, which, which is obviously every like month because you'll hand in a story and unless you're super organized, which I'm not, mm-hmm. you need to then like go back to the drawing board and figure out what you want to do next. And obviously with moving and stuff, I've just been taking some space from it and re- and then also just like wanting to focus on things that you actually it's just like a, a bigger picture thing. It's like, what does it matter if you write one more article f- like for this publication when you've already written eight? Like, just sit back and don't do that and focus on doing something else. But it's like hard mm-hmm. to get your brain out of that mindset. I don't know if I'm being really like, um, if that makes sense. No, it 100% makes sense. I think it's something everyone can relate to now because we're being fed such like contradictory messages especially through social media like there's this sense of not making work your identity and um you know stepping away and having values and things that are important to you outside of your career while at the same time there's this like 
what do they call it? The five to nine grind TikTok challenge of also trying to create something that means you can live your best and most authentic life and make money for it. Like there's lots of, we're being inundated with lots of messages that contradict each other. Mm. (laughs) So we're trying to have a healthy distance relationship with work where we're not letting it be part of our identity while also trying to like work towards doing something so meaningful and all encompassing that we feel great about it. It's like those two things don't really fit a lot of the time. Yeah. Unless you're literally like Picasso. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also the thing with like a lot of, um, a lot of work and business and uh, businesses and whatever, um, is like the stuff you have to do every day to like, I don't know, just the smaller things that you just do every day aren't actually like, often helping you perfect your craft or helping you get better or helping mm-hmm. you learn more like I'm like I would I would probably benefit so much more than writing like three stories for a really good publication by taking that month to do a writing course mm-hmm. or something you know what I mean yeah There's, and like no yeah. one sees you having that output so you feel as though you're not really achieving much but you're actually learning and getting better and honing in or even just reading even just sitting around reading and like figuring out which writers you really like and figuring out yeah I don't know it's just like so go 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 and and like I was talking to some friends the other day about how we've internalized this what do they call it workism so much that the other night I wanted to sit and watch a movie and I felt guilt about I just felt this inherent like anxiety guilt about it because I probably should have just stayed working really late doing something um or invoicing or doing something related to work And I literally said to myself, okay, why don't you think of this as research or homework for writing a screenplay one day and you'll study it like it's a thing. And the only way it made me feel better to do something purely creative and enjoyable was to contextualize it Mm. (laughs) in the world of work. And then it felt okay somehow. And I just hate so much that we're in a society now where we, we think anything, everything that we do has to have like a means to an end for output or productivity <laughs> I know, it's or so self-improvement shit. there's like really not much space for just being creative for creative sake or being I don't know like I went to an art gallery the other day because uh, I had a meeting in the city and it took me like the first half an hour of being in there to stop feeling guilty for being there and I was like this is the whole reason we went freelancers to be <laughs> mm. able to do this and I have a never gone to an art gallery in the middle of the day before <laughs> and b when I did I felt Stress. Stressed. Yeah, same. It's terrible. I've been stressing away from my home and I'm like, this is just insane. I may as well be at a fucking office. Yeah. I know it's same. I'm like constantly feeling I wake up in the morning and I'm like, duh, I'm so stressed out. (laughs) And I'm like, just chill. Even doing my meditation this morning, I was like, don't have time for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too stressed to meditate. (laughs) I know it's terrible. Terrible, terrible. Um but anyway, everyone, come visit me in LA. Yes, exciting, exciting times. Can't wait to get your little housewarming gift. I know, can't wait to get a little house. <laughs> it's going to be fab. House hunting's fun. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to get a car too, which I'm so excited about. Oh, gonna, wow, that's special. I'm going to blast Dua Lipa with my windows down and the palm trees sitting in standstill traffic for six hours. <laughs> You'd be like, la, la, land, you like, get out and dance on the freeway. <laughs> yes. Um, I see you. Have we already talked about this? And I think I'm imagining this, but you've told me. What? That I see you in like a white, what are those cars called? Those like little four wheel drives that are from like the 90s. Oh my God, love. And a, a white one. They're so cute. Yeah. But no, we've never talked about that. One that Barbie has. <laughs> I mean, not quite. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sort of. 
I will, I will definitely have a four-wheel drive because everybody in America has one. Like, everything is supersized there. Everyone just has them. I wonder what some like, weird Americanisms you're going to pick up. <laughs> we'll probably get an American accent and another bad review for the pod. <laughs> Start voting for Trump. <laughs> and you own a gun. Me at Sydney Sweeney's <laughs> mum's 61st birthday. <laughs> Boot scooting. Me Wearing making out AWD metaphor. merch. Make um, America great again. It's going to be... Very interesting. I don't know. It's like weird. Being in America will be interesting, but at the same time, California just doesn't feel like America. It's like its own little yeah thing. It is. It is. But at the same time, the like, just the yeah. I mean, the healthcare system is so fucked there that like that it's just a different level of like homelessness and just just people who are unhoused are like just it's just scarier because it's like they have no mental health access there mm-hmm. for anything so mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like a it's just a more terrifying place to be it's a wild wild country yeah to quote yeah like when i was living there last and my the um girl from chicago that i was living with was just like yeah i had a gun pulled on me just down there i was like well that's fucking terrifying <laughs> and you can't walk anywhere at night it's like it is just scary you have to be vigilant Vigilant, yeah. Um, Maybe you have to get a gun of your own, a gun yes. of one's own. <laughs> I come and see, and you've got like a <laughs> AK forty-seven strapped to your body. <laughs> I've played Grand Theft Auto many times. I know what I'm doing. That is so funny. Okay, exciting. Okay. To be to be continued. Yes. Much to discuss today. I mean, sort of. Yes. I mean, yes. So, firstly. <laughs> The photo that broke the internet. Which the photo that broke my back when which, I saw it on TikTok. It was um it was shared to the AWD Instagram account within thirteen minutes of it going live. Wow. Uh so I saw this photo very quickly and thought, wow. Um Tyrell Hampton, the photographer, went with Hayley Bieber to this I don't even know what this museum gala was. Same, but it there was, was like a big gala. The yeah. second annual Academy Museum Gala. Right, okay, so it's new. Yeah. And basically every celebrity was there. He went with Hailey Bieber and snapped the iconic photo of her with Selena Gomez. Um, Selena Gomez, wait, is she on her lap? Oh, no, they're on separate chairs. They're on separate chairs. Selena Gomez has her arm on Hailey Bieber's lap. Hailey, they're leaning into each other. They're smiling at the camera. They know what they're doing. He wrote plot twist. I wonder how... They must have just seen each other there, been like, hi, had a weird little, like, pose, call her daddy, hug, everything's cool. And then he must have just said, can I just grab a photo? Like, I really don't think it was planned or staged in any serious way. There's three photos of them together. So I think he took this one and then took one of them standing up cuddling as well. And, yeah, another one that's, like, exactly the same as the standing up one. I think it wasn't planned in that I don't think... Haley or Selena discussed it before getting there, mm-hmm. but I think it would have been planned in the way that they would have chatted, and then maybe he came over and was like, "Should we do this?" Yes, agree. Like, agree. should we? Yeah, because I don't think he was like, "Can I just take your picture?" I th- I reckon he was like, "Should I get a photo of the two of you?" Because and then he would have had to ask permission to share it on Instagram. Yeah, would have ticked off the caption with them, and the comments are so funny. Tommy Dorfman, I love watching the reverse of global warming and everybody's skin clearing from this pic. <laughs> <laughs> then the internet's going to break. 
Yeah. I really wish... Justin Bieber's new wallpaper. Yeah. Aw. I really wish that... I have, like, a... I have, in retrospect, like, a problem with the Cool Her Daddy interview. I think I found it funny at the time. Now I look back and it kind of makes me feel... What do you mean? I just I just feel like Haley was like kind of backed into a corner and just asked all of these inappropriate questions about her relationship. Like I know she agreed to be there, but I just don't feel like she fully understood what she was signing up for and it was just this gnarly back to back thing. I don't know. I just don't think it was good for anyone except for call her daddy's numbers. And I almost just wish they'd have just taken the interview had never happened and they'd just taken this cute picture together and then that was the way that the whole thing was. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because what, why? What benefit? I don't think it better, it didn't, I don't think it made Hayley Bieber look particularly, it didn't make her look bad, but it didn't make her look particularly good. It didn't add anything as far as I saw it to the conversation. It didn't really clarify it. I don't know, unless you're a mega stan who, I don't know. I think the one part she could have included and then moved on was where Haley was just like, there's no, there was no crossover between us and there's no bad blood. And mm-hmm. they could have carried on. But instead, um, like every Alex Cooper just about it. Yeah. kept asking, kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. I know. It was kind of weird, but then I'm also like, I think Haley Bieber agreed to go on to talk specifically about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I just is also feels random. Thing. Because yeah. I'm just like, if I was Selena Gomez right now, I'd be kind of pissed off. Because <laughs> I'd just be like... You said that I never defended you to my fans. Like, you, you know, I don't know. I would just be like, why are we talking about this again? Agree. And if they just both looked so cute at this gala and got this really cute picture together and everyone would be like, oh, my God, see, you've made this huge thing, her crazy fans, and they're just friends and probably have been for yes. ages. You know? Yeah, that, that would have been, been so more iconic. Cuter. Both looked gorgeous, really well-dressed guest list. Yeah, the really well-dressed guest list. So Alexa Demi, of course, and Balenciaga. She looked gorgeous. I'm not sure about what Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are wearing. Obviously, they like they never hit correctly. No. Like, like clothing wise. Like no. I have a I have a real little soft spot for those two, for some reason, but have never enjoyed a red carpet look. Taylor Russell looks incredibly incredible and mcqueen who's this man that she's snug yeah it's the director of bones and all but it looks like they're bussing in this piece also do you know that with bones and all we like completely missed when we talked about it one of the girlies messaged us they were just like they were just like hi ladies um love the chat about bones and all fyi it's a um a movie about Wait, what does everyone say Army Hammer likes to do? Cannibalism. Cannibalism. Oh. Um, and then them both realizing they're like eating people and being in love. Even better. Kaya Gerber looks insane. Yeah. She's so boring, but cute. Actually, I think maybe we could tie this into our next topic because, and then bring it back to this. Because I want to talk about... There was a great piece in Gorka, which I just love that Gorka published this oh, completely yes. random article saying, does Joe, Joe Alwyn have it? Yes. And then I was no. just <laughs> thinking, short answer, no. They said yes, but I feel like that was literally paid for by, like, big Taylor Swift. Absolutely not. <laughs> big farmer, big Swift. The Swift PR machine is going to overdrive. Yeah, the Swifts have put, put out some sort of puff piece. But I was thinking about what it is. And then I was looking back over all of these people that were at this gala to think about who has it and who doesn't. Because it 
so from the the Gorka piece says Austin Butler he had a big breakout summer in Elvis he he has it I disagree um maybe he does a bit I think he kind of has it a bit but only because he's weird looking yeah Skylar and stylish do you know who that is no uh I, I hope, hope his, his Nick gets better soon. He has it. Poor Mescal, despite being engaged to Phoebe Bridges, he also has it. That makes him have it more. Exactly. Okay, so basically it's this thing about what is the it factor that some celebrities have? Because as I thought about it, not everyone has it. Like you don't just have it because you're famous and some people are very famous but don't have it. Yes. So Julia Roberts, I think, is the embodiment of it. Yeah, she has it massively. We're just on the screen. You just see, she just ha- she just has it. Like she, yeah. there's no world in which she wouldn't become a Hollywood star. Yes, because she just has that thing. Yeah, I'm like, how much of that has to do with the roles she played, and how much of it has to do with her? Because I think obviously she has it in such a huge way. But I'm like, when I think of Julia Roberts, I think of Notting Hill, mm-hmm. which in that she had it. Because she was the biggest Hollywood star in the world, and she mm-hmm. was, and she was on screens and smiling and laughing, and and that perception of Julie, like it already was Julia Roberts in real life anyway. But I think now I like mix the two together. Yes, and I think of her as being the girl in Pretty Woman as well. She just played such perfect characters. But I do, I'm like obviously not denying she has it. Julia Roberts having it is like embodied in that scene in Pretty Woman where he's showing her the necklace and then she goes to touch it and then he slaps her head and she goes ah and starts laughing. Yes, that's like it. Yes, that is it in yes. the scene. So I was thinking that like Laura Dern and Nicole, K- tell me if you agree. Laura Dern and Nicole Kidman have it, but Gwyneth doesn't. But she's still amazing. But she doesn't have it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Does yeah? I think Nicole does. Yeah, I, I was thinking about Nicole. Is that Nicole has it? Nicole Naomi has Watts it, but doesn't. I don't understand it with her. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's kind of like yeah. how you would say Kirsten Stewart has it, and I don't understand it with her. Oh my god, Izzy! I saw on the weekend David Cronenberg's new movie. What's it called? Crimes of the Future. Kristen Stewart. I was like, how is this woman a professional actress? It, it was... Was she bad? It was Again. insane. So I went to see it with my friend Paul. It was just the two of us in the cinema so we could talk while it was happening, which is the best way to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And she was just not in line with the tone of anyone else in the movie. She was doing all these weird ticks and, like, pulling her hair and really exaggerated movements. And I just tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. And at, like, the same time, we both kind of turned to each other and said, is she really, really, really bad in this? Yeah. And she just gets away with it because she, can, she has it. Ooh. Yeah, but this is the thing with her is she can play specifically characters that are exactly like her. So Twilight, Bella Swan was supposed to be exactly like how she acts in real life and same in Spencer. Yes. The same, it's like the same exact same character. A slightly awkward. Yeah. Because that's who she is in real life. When I met her, she was just exactly like that. And that made me like her more because I was like, oh, you're just like that. <laughs> Yeah, she just has this unexplainable it factor that is, like, truly unexplainable mm. because I don't understand it. Like, Leah Sadu was in that movie, and she was so good in it, and she's so beautiful, and she acts so well. And I was like, it, it's just Kristen Stewart has it, and she doesn't. I don't know why. Yeah. The universe works in mysterious ways. So I put Alexa Demi has it. She's another, like, embodiment of it. Yeah. Zendaya has it. But Sydney Sweeney and Hunter Schaefer don't. Agree, although people seem to keep giving Sydney Sweeney... Sydney Sweeney doesn't have it, but she's a very good actress. Yes. And I think I think you can be a very good actress and not have it. 
100%. So another one. Beanie Feldstein has it. Caitlin Dever doesn't have it. Yeah. You know, but she's definitely a way better actress. Yeah. And Anna de Armas has it, but Isa Gonzalez doesn't have it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're really gorgeous. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah? You didn't even add it. I down. didn't know. <laughs> okay, we'd love to hear you talk me through the male okay. ones. So I just Googled most famous Hollywood actors, and I yeah. came up with this list. Some people, I don't know who they are. Ben Affleck, yes, in J- Jiggly movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. He had it so hard. He had it so hard in the 90s. So I said he has it pre-2010. Yeah. Matt Damon, no. No way. Leonardo DiCaprio, frustratingly, yes. Like, yeah. yes, he I does. I can't tell anymore if I know, I've just I'm been just, tricked. Yeah, I'm icked out by him, but... He had it, for sure. Yeah. Once. Yeah, I can't... I mean, now he's just so gross in movies. <laughs> what was that one? Don't look up. <laughs> I know. Um, Christian Bale. I like. I honestly barely know who this man is, but I feel like other people would say he has it. I actually don't think he has it. I just think he's a really talented actor. Yeah. I need to watch more movies. Ryan Gosling, yes. Yep. Surely, he yes. definitely has so... it. Aaron Paul. <laughs> who's Aaron Paul? Oh, my God. Who's Aaron Paul? Is that that fucking guy? It's the, dr- the Jesse from Breaking Bad. Oh, that guy. Why is he on this list? I don't know. That's why I was laughing. Michael Fassbender, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, agree. No. Chris Hemsworth, yes. Y- yeah. He's so charming. He and just has that look. Like, I remember when he was on Home and Away and he was, like, probably 17 and he just he just had it. Like, you could yeah. just tell. Yeah. Yeah. Henry Cavill. I just put question mark. He's one of those, like, seven men that have the same face. And Johnny Depp, I said, yes, but... He definitely has it. Yeah. Okay, and last question. Do any of the Kardashians have it? Kim. Only Kim, I think. And even then, nah, I think she, she I think she's it. always had it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole backbone of that entire and Chris, maybe. Again, Chris kind okay, of. Okay, so we haven't talked about this on the podcast. The one allegation Kanye made that I can't get out of my brain. Did you see it? No. Are you joking? Okay, so Kanye said. Kanye said, when, god damn, I can't remember the exact quotes. He said, like, when your nemesis, or like, when, or maybe it was even like, when Drake fuck your baby oh, mama's yeah. mama. I did, I, Izzy, I decoded this for you. Oh my god, you yes. remember? <laughs> and you're like, did, is he saying Christian of Bus Drake? I, that just feels true correct. to me. It feels so correct. I feel like it happened. A hundred percent. Christina I, has it, Scott Disick has it, Kim Kardashian has it. That's it. Yeah, that's Kendrick has it. the opposite of it. Yes, and North has it. Yes. That's the only child so far. <laughs> yeah, Mason D- Drake, does not. Drake and Chris Bussing feels true. And I think it's like in both of their best interests that it comes out. Like it, it makes me like Drake for the first time in years. Yeah. Makes me love Chris. He would have been rooted and booted. She would have been like, get the fuck out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Corey Gamble. Poor Corey. Does not have it. Corey Gamble does not have it. Wait, we should do the men. Um, who, are they, who are they even with? Oh, they're all boring now. Travis, no. Travis Wait, there's two Travises. Both Travises don't no. have it. That's it. Kendall's NBA player boyfriend doesn't have it. Kanye obviously does have it. Yeah. 
Interesting. Pete Davidson obviously has it. He's like the embodiment of male it. Yes. Um, okay. A great chat. <laughs> I know it's hard to explain what it, what it's just it's just like a charisma I think, which I think is it's a it's it's a it's, it's a, a natural un which is why maybe maybe Nicole Kidman she does have it, but it's not. She has something. <laughs> she, has, she has it, but in a sophisticated way. It's it's an unlearned, unstudied thing. Yeah. It is like charisma, but it's this this thing where you'd walk into a room and you can't stop looking at someone and someone could sit and practice it and study it for years and years and years and years and years and, years and never learn it. Mm. So you have like J-Law and Emma Stone. It's like J-Law and Emma Stone versus Brie Larson and Alicia Vikander. Yes. Like all great actors, all beautiful, all make great decisions, all stylish, gorgeous, whatever. But J-Law and Emma Stone have it. Yes. I think as well it must be frustrating because it's a combination usually of like the two things that make you an a Like it would be frustrating if you were just a very good actor mm-hmm. and other people kept getting more attention. Like it's like Emma Stone winning La La Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again. Even Julia Roberts winning Erin Brockovich I think is – Naughty. Yeah, like they just wanted to give it to her. Yeah. So she should. <laughs> There's, I just feel like there has never Meryl been. Meryl Streep has it. She does have it. Yeah. Yeah. She does have it. Yeah, she does Massively. have it. Massively. Especially when she was younger. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Sophie Turner has it. Yeah. Even though. She makes bad decisions. Yeah. I don't think she's a very good actress. Neither Selena Gomez nor Halle Bieber have it. That is so true. Like, someone said I feel bad. It was something like, oh, yeah, when Kanye started calling out Halle Bieber. And I was reading this newsletter and someone was like, which makes me sound really mean. And and again, I like do like her. I don't I just don't have that many feelings towards her. But someone in a newsletter was like, I feel bad for Halle Bieber. The most like just like as in being like the most bland, like non- confrontational like just no, nothing celeb to just be like pulled into this Kanye <laughs> drama which is so true <laughs> she would have just been like what <laughs> yeah oh, it's so true it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, 
I found this piece in the New York Times called The Era of the Paywalled Restaurant is Upon Us. And basically it's talking about how obviously there have been like these high status celebrity studded restaurants that have huge wait lists and um, yeah, kind of, I don't know. I think also I didn't realize until relatively recently that the amount of like when restaurants say they're full, they don't mean it. They mean they're full for you, but they have tables for specific clients and people mm. who are people who are at hotels that have concierges that can just call and get a table on the night. And basically they're just now saying that now there's like this new generation of tactics that would help diners jump the line, including NFTs granting holders special privileges and members only credit card perks. And basically like essentially um, members clubs for getting into restaurants. Yeah, so now they're, like, making it basically where a whole bunch of restaurants are making you have to pay to kind of have, like, a subscription to the restaurant to be able to get in and get a table, which I hate. I actually don't know if I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) I hate it so much because it's just, like, it's just, again, it's just just what really grosses me out. What really grosses me out about, like, members-only clubs. I hate the elitism of it. I hate the... I hate the fact that you can't get into a restaurant if you don't have enough money to pay to like, I don't know. I hate the exclusivity of it all. It just feels, it just feels gross to me. That's like when I'm in, when I'm in Soho house, I feel gross. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I find it, I find it just elitist and gross and everyone in there is just like wanky and looking at each other. And it's like, I don't think we should be again, like just giving the ultra rich this extra benefit of being able to, take over all the best restaurants okay so my my feeling is firstly that i feel like this has just existed forever this is just like the idea of paying the waiter 200 bucks to jump the line or like black amex has always had these benefits we can get into hotels that the idea of i think there's something interesting about the idea of bringing you could basically say that members clubs kill community because they stop they could take over like a local restaurant that all people love and mean that just rich people get to jump the queue and totally change the vibe of who's there or you could say that it's almost a way of like creating new pockets of communities in the sense of them talking about like these very cool very hyped very popular like east village and brooklyn restaurants in new york where people get wind of it off TikTok or Instagram and then there's a line for three hours every single day and locals can't get in Mm. and people can buy like NFTs which cost granted a lot of money but like a thousand dollars and get a table whenever they want every week for the whole year there's something about that that I kind of like (laughs) well it's a thing of like but why should it have to cost a thousand dollars I no, I understand what you mean in terms of like it's, it's just it's that thing of hating business class to your in business like as an yes. I know that if I can like skip a queue to get into like the nicest restaurant in New York City I'm gonna feel happy about it I know you're not specifically saying that you're kind of saying like it's a way of of meaning it's a way of preventing these institutions from being like taken over by the masses do you mean like as in how like Dumois will share where all the celebrities go and then suddenly all of the fans are now going to the restaurants. The celebrities can't go there anymore. Yeah, I think, I guess I'm talking about like two separate things. I think the celebrity haunt, like, is it Carbone or Carbon or whatever the fuck it's called yeah. in New York, 
where you can never get in and it's just full of like celebrities and people going to be seen and see each other i feel like those people can just have each other and if you're going to be a wall street wanker banker that pays 10k to get in that's just embarrassing and yes good luck to you i think the thing i find more interesting is this idea of like the the digital assets and nft thing and like almost a subscription service to get into places where you're you're basically paying to commit to going long term which is a slightly different thing Mm. i find that really interesting because i've found at least we've talked about this before like i think tiktok especially has done this thing where as soon as anything comes out like a restaurant or a bar or a coffee shop or a cafe it's on tiktok it's served to everyone 200 million people have seen it and then there's a line down the street and you can't get a booking and you can't go forever and then the vibe in there is bad because it's just kind of full of Gen Z insta cuties that like want to post that they've been there online. And I just think that the way food culture has shifted because of social media is so fucked (laughs) that I almost like the idea of having an some places trying to get around that by creating like an exclusive community. And I think what's sad is the only way our society can make something exclusive is through pricing people out of it <laughs> yeah Which I, I hate that i wish there was some other way or, the, I don't or know. there's like or it's yeah yeah i know exactly what you're saying because it's just like it would be really cool to yeah have your local spot where you go and you're like a regular there but yeah it's like I, I mean there are ways around it if where restaurants could just give their local customers and and, and the people who aren't tourists and travelers like a benefit mm-hmm. where you get to book where like bookings go up a few hours, you get a few hours grace period to book tables or whatever. I'm sure there are yeah. ways that doesn't that don't involve making. It's just it's just this thing of just like pricing people out of things because pricing people out of like something as that should be as like not simple, but everyone should be able yeah. to book a everyone should be able to yeah yeah democratized. Everyone should be able to book a table at a restaurant. Yeah, and then it's up to you whether you can like actually pay to be there, kind of thing. Because I guess, I guess the rest, I guess these restaurants are kind of pricing people out anyway because they're so expensive. Exactly, and the paying your way in thing does not filter out under like it just brings in the worst people, which is why members of the clubs like Soho House can be so unbearable to be around because there is this sense of like we're here because we paid to be here so we're gonna like show off who's you know like that thing so i think creating a culture around food where you can only go if you have enough money to go will just make dining an even more unbearable (laughs) experience yeah but But yeah i've noticed it so much on tiktok as well where i'll go on because algorithm knows i like food and cats it's basically food and cats uh and it's people showing off new spots in london mm-hmm. and the shit the annoying thing is is it's interesting because they want to know about new good spots in london but yeah. then thousands of other people are finding out about it at the same time and then suddenly there's a pub i don't even care about saying it out loud but there's a pub called the pelican which yeah. opened in notting hill it's it's like for every intent and purpose like a pretty normal looking pub mm-hmm. but they just have it's kind of got cute interiors and they have a good menu Someone put it up on TikTok. It went absolutely viral. And I'm sure this isn't the only reason. I know it's kind of been like popping off because it's the new place in Notting Hill. But you cannot, for the life of you, get a table there. I tried to book for a Sunday roast three or four weeks in advance and there were no tables on a Sunday. And I was like, yeah. also, I just hate that. I'm kind, I kind of just despise that booking culture, especially in London. I find it like really unbearable that you're, you have 
for example, I'm leaving this city and for the past two months, I've been trying to book a table at River Cafe and it's impossible Mm -hmm. because it's completely full. And I'm like, that cannot be right. (laughs) Like, are you serious? (laughs) For months. I I mean, I know that like 10 people live in this, 10 million people live in the city, but I'm just like, there leaves no room for spontaneity if you want to eat anywhere relatively good. Exactly. And food is like such a status symbol now. Like I always, it always has been, but I think that thing of showing off restaurants you've been to as a way of like signaling who you are and what your taste level is and where you visit and what you can afford and blah, blah, blah. That's just such a big fucking thing for our generation. Yeah, I feel like it's lessened, though, because now people – well, a lot of people – well, I'm talking about us, I guess, specifically. Don't really post. Like, it's like we'll go out for dinner and we won't post where we were, whereas in, like, 2016 that was such a massive thing because every meal you went out for, you'd be posting photos of, like – you being with your friend, you doing this, you doing that, like live gramming it all. And I yes. know some people still do that, which I find random. But I think now it's more of a like subtle, if you know, you know thing. Yes. Like people will post a vague picture somewhere in Paris or Milan and like you either know, like if you know, you know, like they you won't, know like, from the plate it. or the yeah. interiors. And yes. if someone replies being like, blah, blah, blah. I love like that's it's become more. That's true. And that's true with everything now. I think people are so... There's, like, this underground network where people go. I know. He's upside down. It's so cute. <laughs> Little cat. Um, yeah, there's, like, this underground network of brands and places people go on holiday and put, like, the, the thing now, I think, is driving. It's the equalizer side of TikTok has, like, driven a lot of people's interests underground <laughs> because if you like if anyone like if Bella Hadid or Julie or something like wears a brand now within like three hours every someone's name checked in it's on TikTok and it's got a million views and it's well like it, you know like there isn't that hunting out mystery thing anymore like mm. everything is just handed to us and served to us so quickly yeah but I think people are like seeking out things that feel non-exposed and that's a very, like, elitist thing. Yeah. Um, but I also understand it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was, like, devastated. I can't remember if I sent you this, but I was devastated to see on TikTok the other day some little bitch had <laughs> uploaded the secret. We've, I mean, I, I've, I have shared it with the girlies before, but the secret charity shop in Notting Hill that no one knows about and they all go down to Portobello to all the other op shops and yeah. walk straight past the one we love. And on TikTok, a girl was like, had been gatekeeping this for a while, but she thought I'd share and then shared the whole thing. And then the comments were so funny. I like was about to comment. All the comments were like, girl, no. <laughs> like yeah. we were, we, everyone was like, we were all gatekeeping this. Like you don't need to share this to the entirety of London. The entirety of London and also like, – And like to go viral. I'm like, for what? What do you even get out of that when you go viral on TikTok? I just think as well, it's I don't know. It's a really hard one because that gate that gatekeeping question. My feeling about it is like something like that, like revealing a secret place that sells like great secondhand designer fashion for like relatively cheap. I just think when you post on TikTok, it, it in my head, okay, there's going to be like a portion of it who's like gorgeous young fashion obsessed girls who will be given the opportunity to buy stuff they wouldn't normally and it like it it opens up their 
minds and experiences or whatever but like a huge portion of it in my head is just like wealthy kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) like who have not had to put in like the grunt work of having to seek out secondhand places who are just being told on a platter where to go to spend their money and they're going to whip up all of the good shit for other people from other people yeah that's how Um, i feel too that's the yeah the whole thing with tiktok it's so double-sided like i think it's great that we have this exposure i've learned so much about like psychology and relationships and therapy and like all of these things because people are sharing their knowledge (laughs) But then when you open up everything, it's like suddenly you don't feel like anything special or just for you or like something that just you know. It's like everyone knows everything. Yeah. I agree. I told you this off air, but I want to say on air, you look like Princess Diana today. <laughs> Grace, Grace My is hair like, is so greasy, so I'm wearing a hat. Yeah, and then you were wearing big sunglasses as you walked in and, and like an oversized like gym jumper that she would have worn. <laughs> When she was alive, she would have. I can feel the spirit of Princess Diana in this room, like Kristen Stewart. She's whispering, I didn't like that performance. (laughs) Um, Okay, just before we take off, we've got another trend to share with you girlies. (laughs) Not gatekeeping this one. Um, And that is that the other day before our event, where we realized there were fish finger sandwiches and we regretted going out for dinner, um, we went for a 5.30 p.m. dinner in Soho. And then had a big discussion about how early dinners are so chic and I love eating early and so does Grace. And eating late just makes me starving and annoyed. And I'm like, even you said I had dinner at seven. I was like, this is too late. Far too late. Um, so, yeah, the Europeans are wrong. America's right. America's right. So the New York Times or the New York Times magazine wrote a piece about how post-pandemic, like the five or six o'clock dinner has replaced to like – eight o'clock nine o'clock dinner and so many people were sharing it being like yeah like my secrets revealed like yes a on this topic you can get reservations at restaurants at that time which is what i think kicked it off and b i think people have just realized it's just better it's better to eat early then you're done at like eight you can get home and get into bed early and have a good night's sleep or you can go for I don't know drinks earlier yeah so i went for dinner with han friend of the pod on thursday night and we could yeah we could only get a reservation obviously at like any restaurant and one of them was at 6 15 p.m and yeah we were done by 8 30 and then we'd had dinner we had a bottle of wine we had dessert and so we caught the train into soho and had a dirty martini and i was still done and in bed by like 10 30 and i was like that's such a beautiful night such a beautiful night i also feel like it encourages um not being a workaholic it's like just finishing early we finished at 5 30 and just get out the door got places to be i feel like so often i used to just stay at work until late do you remember yeah you'd have dinner at 7 or 7 30 so you, you just stay working because if you're in an office yeah you'll just work until that time also i don't understand how people aren't starving to absolute death by that time yesterday when i had dinner at seven i don't know like what was happening but i was so hungry that i had to have muesli granola and a banana at six because i was like i actually can't wait and i hate that feeling when you're so hungry yeah yeah and then you're and then you're like you're you're stressed about getting to the dinner and you're stressed about sitting it's not like a pleasant experience to sit down have a drink beforehand like look at the menu relax because you're just like i need to get food in my stomach now and you overload on bread or i'll eat a snack before and then i'm like panicked that i'm not going to be hungry enough and not enjoy the dinner enough and i'll get to the dinner and i'll not be hungry and i'll be like oh my god 
So yeah, early dinners. Um, even yeah. though, yeah, it feel, I don't know why. Like we just have it in our brain that it's less fun. But it's not. It's, it's like more fun. It was so nice being in Soho when it was still light outside as well. Traveling yes. in London in the dark to dinner is like so depraved. Dark and dank. Dark and dank? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. See so you at 5.30. Yeah, we should do a 5.30 dinner. I like 5.30. I think we should just push the limits. Same. And then we can get in anywhere. Probably not still, but we'll give it a go. Definitely not, actually. <laughs> um, okay, I'm off to eat the cookie Grace bought me because I was crying in the kitchen before the pod. A little treat. Um, love you, girlies. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.